This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. No, but when it when it goes tits up, you need to be ready, yeah. don't you? With 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 some sort of organisation that's that's yeah. powered up to to run a football club. We thought our trust were ready for it, and they weren't. We know that Oldham have clearly issues as far as the management are concerned, and somebody's got to try and hold a light up to the club. You know, clearly you guys are trying to do it. You know, I go back 20 years in that dressing room. If we'd assigned a couple of players who were particularly poor, that would have had a big impact on the dressing room. Do you know what I mean? And also the, the belief and the, and the thoughts around where are we going as a team, where are we going as a club? I got nothing out of it. It was the same, same stuff he peddled to me at, at the fans' forum in January in the boardroom. He's saying there's a man- minority but it's the majority no one no one cares anymore yeah you know because we've seen some some negativity with a single benefactor that that doesn't work i think that is is a little bit naive but i do think we've got to set ourselves up for success as a trust and as supporters to kind of prepare for the worst and, and hope for the best we've got a squad there and i don't mind saying it that's underachieving it's a, it's it's a top 10 squad and we're sitting in 15 16 it's a top 10 squad mark my word we are at an all-time low it is very difficult to get enthusiastic about the football club. You see it today, like like there's there's four sponsors in the ground. What's going on? We've got we've got a stand there that the best stand in the ground. People can't sit in. Absolutely ludicrous. The car crash of our owner ruined it. He ruined the dressing room. He disrespected the players. He disrespected the staff. He disrespected the the office staff. These are people that all the people there matter. A lot of people who made those comments about me don't know me properly. They can only judge me off what other people tell them. And unfortunately, one of the things they don't like about me is that I tell the truth and I tell it as it is. And if people don't like it, I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Now, when you say I'm divisive, on what basis do you make that comment? All I was thinking about was coming on, on this podcast and stuff like that and what other people have said on podcasts about me. So it just keep going over in my head. And I, I said, Doc, I, I can't, can't sleep. So obviously you have to get some some tablets for that. Hello and welcome back for Series 2 and Episode 42 of the Boundary Park Alert System. The only weekly Latix podcast that delivers the biggest, most relevant interviews and tackles the toughest issues of the day. Namely, why is supporting Oldham Athletics such an arduous perennial struggle? And then we work hard to bring you some answers. I'm Matt Dean and it's great to be back after deciding to take a couple of weeks off amidst the excitement and disappointment of England at the Euros. Our team have recharged the batteries and we're raring to go ahead of what is bound to be another intriguing season at Boundary Park. Intriguing because, like you, I have absolutely no idea what to expect on or off the pitch during the 21-22 season. But whatever happens, you will hear about it here from 7am every Monday morning. So, to kick off season 2... We have a long-awaited interview with a player who has captained the Latics, who finished the 1920 season as the joint's second-highest goalscorer and is, unofficially, the oldest lad ever to represent Latics at youth team level. It's David Wheater. Hey, what, I've never been excited, so excited to come on a podcast in all my life. Yeah, it's been a while coming, hasn't it? I was thinking, you know what? I was thinking, like, how, how much prep do I need? You know what I mean? I was thinking, what, what, do I need to do some research and all this? We've been talking about you and this all all year, and no, no, <laughs> you know what no. I mean? It's like I don't think I can read anything that I've not spoke about already. And 
Clubs give us give you enough ammunition for me, haven't they? So yeah, and it's been such a we- it's been such a weird one to be talking so much about a player who's not been playing and the circumstances around it. And I think the first question that I thought about yeah. wanting to ask you was why you wanted to do the was why you wanted to do the podcast. Oh, just hundred percent to get my side out because I, I mean I haven't really spoke about any anything since everything happened. I mean the club have been putting out statements and and what have you, but I kept quiet. Because I mean, I thought that's what we were doing. Because we obviously both had confidentiality things with that, with the furlough thing. But that's that's gone now. But uh, yeah, I, I try to stay quiet because I thought it was best. But I'm, I'm I'm a free man now. So so just to be clear, then, so the there's a period of time that's elapsed now, which means that you're entitled to to say yeah. what you like, and you've not signed any non-disclosure forms or anything like that. In no, I, I mean, I told them I won't I won't sign one. So you're a free weeks. Free weeks, finally. <laughs> I mean, everybody. I know that everybody's listening to this. Is or a lot of the people listening will know the story. Um, but just to summarise, you know, you, you signed for the Latics, um, played under Dean or the season before last, didn't you? And uh, Benid won at first. Was it Benid at first? Was it? Yeah. All right, because this is the thing when you talk to a Latics player or an ex-Latics player, it's a case of guessing how many managers have they actually played under. So well, I had Curl as well for a week, but I didn't, I didn't meet him. So it was four in your case then, was it? Need, yeah, Benid, Dino, Kuehl and Curl. Yeah, wow. And you were there for how long? Oh, crikey, no, not even two seasons. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's a whole other issue. I'm sure we'll get to all that in, in a little while, but... So, you know, you sign, you play that in that first season, um... And then you don't kick a ball for the whole of the last yeah. season. Uh, you're getting paid. You're there, um, and and throughout the, the throughout the season, obviously, our defence was leaking goals for fun. Uh, as much as we were popping them in at the other end, if we'd have had an half decent defence, we'd have gone up, wouldn't we? Um, know, yeah. And you're and you're training with you team and and and, and not playing, and it, and the frustration that we felt as fans and on the podcast. Oh, was all around this. I mean, how how has it been for you on a, before we get into the ifs and whys? How has it been for you on a personal level to to not be able to play football? Oh, it was a nightmare. I mean, you you won't find a person who loves a kicking a football more than me. I mean, I love it. I was first out for training, last in from training, and Dino Maria told me it was that long ago that I wouldn't play for Oldham again. So it was even before Kuehl got in, and he said that was one of the things that he wasn't happy about. Me, me, me and Woodsy said that. We won't play again for Oldham. But I always thought, I thought, surely I will. Surely mm. I'll play again. And went back for pre-season. I mean, I'm sure we got get all in, into all this in, in order. But yeah, went back for pre-season. I thought I'd I'd play. But yeah, it just, just didn't. So it was it was a horrible season, really. I, I said before, it got that bad. When they won, I, I felt angry that they won. Not for the lads or the fans. I mean, I love them. Just in my mind, just thinking about the owners and... The rest of them happy while yeah. I'm sat at home, not playing. Yeah, um, it's a very strange situation for you to be in, mixed emotions in that respect. And it's actually something that I think a lot of fans share with you because we want to see the club and the team do well, but we don't want yeah. the owners to fluke be doing well. Yeah, but obviously it was in pre-season when I think that like all the new lads realised that I wasn't going to be playing and like, they couldn't believe it really that obviously I played against a few of them. Uh, like McElhenney played against them in... Obviously, the higher leagues and, and stuff like that. He couldn't, like, couldn't believe that I wasn't playing. But I, I said all the way through, so I'd, I would have loved to have played. And with them scoring all them goals, it would have been fantastic. And I mean, me and Pidge, I think we, we, we were playing well from that January onwards for for a few months. Once we got a settled, a settled partnership, I mean, we were beating teams like 
four nil, five one or whatever it was, and, and I think we were doing all right. But uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be, obviously. I think that that again is the frustration. We could see that once you and Pidge settled down, you were a good a good combination. He looked a lot better next next to you, and uh, it was very it was just so frustrating for us and for you. And we kept banging on about it on the podcast. And I, I know you've listened. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have made that much different, but I can guarantee we would have kept a few clean sheets. Well, we didn't need to like. We didn't need to make such a mass. We just need to concede less goals and win more games. Well, didn't yeah, we? obviously, I'm not being big headed, but we would have conceded less. Yeah. with me there, and that, that's not me being big headed or anything. And I know that would have happened with with me and Pidge at the back. Well, what one of the first things that Keith Curl, or not one of the first things he said, but one of the things he did say when he came in was that there was a lack of experience and character on the pitch. To drag to drag the team through, and that's exactly what what you have and what you would have brought to it. I was down the road with the 18s on the Astro turf. So, what we've got here is a situation where we've got an experienced professional who has played under Gareth Southgate, who has been involved in England training camps under Fabio Capello, but the real mastermind of football that you've obviously played under is more Lemsigam. That must be that must be what's. What are your takeaway memories from from your time as a professional footballer? Yeah, um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not coming on here to bash anyone. I know, <laughs> I know you just want me to, but I, I did my best to try and stay away from him around the place. It was just try to distance myself away from him. To be honest, I don't think I, I didn't see him smile once in two years. He's just I don't know. Not, yeah, not not for me. But he's he's one of the higher ups, and he that obviously told Q what to do and I'm sure we'll get into that as well. Well we've had mixed messages haven't we so Harry Kuehl was it seemed I'm sure you had a relationship with Harry Kuehl you know him and I'm sure you respect him as a as a footballer because he was a very good footballer he didn't seem to be able to settle on what the truth was Harry Kuehl he, he was coming out with things that, that were he seemed to be towing the line somewhat and I found that fans found that frustrating I think he, he towards the end I felt like he just got sick of Maybe saying what the club wanted him to say, and he just he just when then he said it's obviously a club matter. Then obviously Carl's going on the podcast saying Kuehl said this, but it's it's not what Kuehl said to me. So let's go back to what you said before about when you uh, Dino said to you that you weren't going to play again. Yeah, that's not that wasn't coming from him. That he wasn't having a go at me saying that. Yeah, that was what he's being told, and because uh, he rang me and I just answered the phone like, "All right, Gaffer," he said, oh, "I'm not your Gaffer anymore." I was like, "Oh, all right." And then he just he just told me a few things, and then he said, obviously said, mean, mean Woodsy won't won't play again. I said, I said, well, I said I knew it wasn't going to go well with all this furlough thing. What happened? And again, I'm sure we'll go into all that, but that's that's the first I heard of it from from Dino. So when he said he's not your gaffer, does that mean that he'd he had gone? Yeah, that's and he, he was ringing up you just to let you know. Yeah, he was just letting me know. Yeah, I didn't know. That's what I said. I said, all right, gaffer. And yeah. So I don't know if he got sacked or he left, but he just said that was one of the things he wasn't happy about. And there was a few things that he wasn't happy about. So Dino's been told then by more Abdallah or whoever that you're not playing and then he gets fired and tells you, passes on that message to you. So you've got, what did you do then? Did you go and find, you know, what what happened well, next? This was obviously when we were off. I mean, it all started before that with a, with a furlough thing. Yeah, we were just off then for, for months really, weren't we, till we... Till we came back, and even like the day we come back for pre-season, found out about seven o'clock the night before that we were in for pre-season the next day. So it was just all it was a mess, really. So tell us about furlough then. The first thing I ever heard of it was 
Mohammed rang me saying that he wants the lads to take a 20% pay cut because we need solidarity. And I said, I said, I'll ask. Obviously, I was the captain in the group chat and I said, I'll ask them. They probably won't be happy. So they just went on the group chat, texting more wants us to take a 20% pay cut. Uh, a few lads were like saying, I can't remember really what they were saying. Uh, but then I got a phone call off from Natalie saying, why am I getting lads saying they need to take a pay cut? I said, well, I said, well, Mohammed's just rang me asking me to tell lads that we need to take a pay cut. And she was just like, oh, I'll get Barry to ring you. So then um, Barry's rang me. I think I said to that, I said, you don't have to read it. I mean, I hate being on the phone anyway. All these people will ring me. Barry rang me and said, um, well, obviously I told him what, what Moore said. And he just said, oh, don't don't listen to Moore. He said, um, owners are going to use this pandemic as an excuse not to pay the players, but we're going to do it properly. So I was like, oh, I said, all right, that's good. And I'll tell them, obviously. So I just went back and told the lads. Well, then, yeah, we, uh, we had a Zoom meeting saying uh, we're going on furlough and we're getting topped up to 80%. So we were like taking 20% pay cut, basically. So a few lads didn't want to do it. You obviously Millsy wouldn't want to take it. He's got shafted for that last game. They played 29 games. Giles Court wouldn't want to take one. I got round to all the lads and said, Look, we, we're going to have to do this or it's going to get messy. So I thought, this is the thing. I was the PFA rep and the captain. So I was getting it from all angles. And I think that maybe that's why the club thought I was the ringleader because I was, I was like organising everything. So this is like a 20% pay cut we've agreed to. Three days later, we have another one. The club have decided we're not going to pay a penny on, on top of furlough. So then for me, that goes to a, like a 70% pay cut and lads 65, 60% pay cut. And it's a lot for some people. It's and a lot for anyone, mate. 70%. I've, I've asked people and they said, no one I've spoken to who said they'd, they'd take 70% pay cut. I mean, who, who would? We said no. Well, well, a lot of us said no. But this is the thing. I was chasing around everyone on WhatsApp trying to get answers out of them. But I was telling lads to sign it if they wanted to. So I think the, the club probably don't know that part that I was getting lads signed up. Dylan signed up. Uh, Tom Hamer signed up. So I was helping them through it, whatever whatever they wanted. But obviously there was lads that, that didn't want to sign it. And I, I was in that. But the club done it. So we didn't agree. But the club done it anyway for like four months, four or five months. We just didn't get our money for four or five months. Obviously the PFA have got involved for us and, and eventually got it back. So when you say the club and, and, and what's the communication like between the club and the players at this stage and, and who's like who's Zoom. dealing with you? and Yeah, it was like Zoom meetings. Uh, I mean, I was talking to Natalie a lot. I, I told her, I said, look, I'm I'm going to stick. If there's people that don't want to do it, I'm going to stick with them. I'm not going to let lads go against the club on their own. So I said, I'll be sticking with them. So I was, I was telling her what was going on, but we had like Zoom meetings with... Uh, like Barry Abdallah was on it, Shahed, Natalie. So they're all, they're all on it. So that's the thing that, I mean, I listened to Craig's podcast and he said that he's got, got no reason to lie. And I'm, I'm the same. I mean, I won't say anything on here that's not true. It's not going to help me. But that's the thing. All, all of them run this Zoom meeting. So that's what was, that's what was happening. So what, at what point in, in all this did it, t- did it turn t- to the point where it means that you're not playing anymore. What was the what was the thing that, that um, triggered that? I came back. I mean, I, I sort of knew I wasn't. I didn't think I'd not play all season, but I knew I wasn't going to be flavour of the month with the owners and that. But um, we got back for pre-season. I think I played the first couple like behind closed doors. I don't know if it was Rochdale and someone else, maybe. But then we, got, I think we played Forest away, which is obviously a bit more high profile. And uh, Harry Q, obviously the gaffers come up to me after training and said um, he needs all this sorting out 
I mean, this was a few months after. I said, I, said, I think it is getting sorted out soon, to be honest. He said, oh, because I've been, I've been told from the top, I'm not allowed to pick you. I said, I said, right, okay. So that was, obviously, I wasn't, that was the first time I'd been, been told from the new manager that I wasn't allowed to play. So obviously, I just walked off, walked past Woodsy, because he's with the goalkeepers, and I said, you'll be next, pal, watch. So I just stood there, and Kuehl's gone straight off to Woodsy and told him the same thing, that we, we're not allowed to be picked. So this has come through Harry Kuehl. Did you yeah. have any official, so that's, you know, he's had a word in your ear and he's saying, this is out of my hands, mate. I'm sorry, but you're not going to be playing. What official lines of communication did you get from the club to tell you that that was the situation? Nothing, nothing from the club at, at that point. Nothing till, till Kyle came in, really, that anything got out. So I knew that the owners didn't want me to play. So I was like, well, that's all right. It's their choice, isn't it? I can't force them, but it's just when everything started coming out about injuries and moving out and all this rubbish it just got a bit messy didn't it so you're seen as some kind of trouble causer slash ring leader of of the players when you're the pfa rep yeah. you're the captain i didn't want either jobs either to be honest no you're between the rock and our place there by the sounds of it and you're trying to encourage the lads to make their own individual decisions about what they want to do because yeah. it's not your decision is it at the end of the day i, I like talk to like um like johan Ranji and all that and i couldn't get answers out of any of them so I'd like I I try and get all the missile and I say what what the, what are the lads doing? I said because Ranji said he's not signing the furlough, but he said oh he's he's already signed it. So like the lads were telling me one thing and I was finding out different things when obviously the club wants me to the club was telling me to get everything to, all the lads sorted really. But I I, I tried my hardest because honestly chasing some of them boys around WhatsApp was a was a nightmare. And is that is that really your job? Well, no, but I, I didn't mind it, obviously, because I was a senior player and all that, and I think the lads respected me and listened to me. So the, it was, I, I didn't mind really, to be honest, but it was just, it was just hard work. And so I was doing my bit to try and help the lads in, in the club to get the lads signed up or not signed up. At least everyone knew. And obviously I, I got made out as a ringleader. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out while I'm talking to you, because all this is new to me as I'm talking to you. I'm trying to figure out how it works, but you know, you're unofficially trying to, work as a middleman, not on behalf of the club, but, you know, trying to do your best for your teammates and as the captain to try and get everybody to come to a decision for themselves. But the club are not officially doing anything to try and get the lads. They've just left it all up to you. And at some point you then become a scapegoat. Well, yeah, I think that's just because there was only me and Woodsy really left, wasn't there? And obviously, I think it's obvious that Woodsy got shipped out on loan and I wasn't allowed to play from the off. So it's obviously... Where, where it all came from, wasn't it? All the, all the other lads either signed up or most of them, most of them left, didn't they? So mm. it's obviously just me and me and Woodsy who got the got the brunt of it. So I mean, obviously you've you've had two long spells at Middlesbrough and, and Bolton, and I know that they're both clubs that you have a lot of affection for because yeah. you you enjoyed your time there. <laughs> I'm guessing your affiliation with Oldham Athletic. I know you got a lot of support from fans and and, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the fans, but, fans are great. And- but you, how do you feel about the football club in terms of the personnel and how it's being run and how that affected you and your life over the last 12 months, 18 months or whatever? Oh, it's been a nightmare. Last, this last season's last, what are we in now? Well, before March, or when it was I left, it was, it was a nightmare. Just constant emails and stuff, all sorts. I mean, got told that to find a house in the Northwest on, I think I got, I got the email on the Thursday, but I opened it on the Friday. I mean, I don't really go on my emails saying I have to find a house by Monday at four o'clock in the northwest or I'm gonna start disciplinary, what have you. 
I mean, it was middle of pandemic. What was I supposed to do? Luckily, I had a mate who was renovating a house over there in, in Hyde. So he said, you can come over there. But I mean, if I didn't, what chance would I have had to get to find a house in over a weekend? If you were to compare what's going on at Oldham in terms of how it's managed and how it's run, compared to clubs like Bolton and Middlesbrough in your time there, I mean, yeah. how would you compare it? I wouldn't really. I mean, it, it was it, we, we didn't get paid at Bolton from January to the end of the season. It was just nowhere... I felt nowhere near as bad as what was what was happening with me at Oldham. Obviously, because it was me, it just it just felt so personal. Everything was against me. Because yeah, I was going to ask you because you came. The reason you left Bolton was because they were in such terrible financial yeah. situation, weren't they? I mean, they they started off the season playing loads of kids, didn't they? And yeah. the season they got yeah. relegated and whatnot. Well, this is the thing I was the day I signed for Oldham. I was at the the uh, at the Bolton Stadium ready to sign. I was going to sign, and I got told that. It, it, the like contract wouldn't take effect until the club got taken over and there was or bought it, it like bought but there was no that that might not have happened and from that day it was a month so I, I mean I could have been out of a job or anything so I, I went and signed for Oldham and me and my agent we sat in front of Abdallah and Mohammed and said look we've we've heard bad things I mean about the pay late pay and stuff and they were like oh no that's just ex employees and while we're here everyone everyone will get paid on time. My first pay, my first payday was late. So I mean, it was we were supposed to get paid on the Friday. I got to the Thursday. I think I might have asked uh, Des- Desire, Desi, or someone. I asked someone about the pay, and they were like, "They're all telling me different things." So I said, oh, "I'll go, I'll go and I'll go and have a word now." So I think it was me. It was me and Woodsy went up. I don't think it was Sharad. I think it was maybe is it his brother Tanvia maybe? And I said, "I said uh, this is what I said. I said it's payday tomorrow." He was like, "Maybe, maybe t- tomorrow." I was like, and "I said no." I said, it'll be tomorrow. I said, look, I've come from Bolton. We didn't get paid for six months. I said, this is really why I'm here. He said, okay, we'll like fast track yours or something. I said, no, I said, don't do that. Just make sure that we get it. That was one of the things that Craig said, wasn't it? That payday was depended on who you were. Yeah, exactly. And it was, um, Friday was the payday. It didn't come in. Saturday we had a game. I was, I was waiting. I mean, I've got the text. I can tell you what time it was and all that. But, um, I said, I said, look, it's still not in. We've got a game in a bit. I said, I said, I'll quit. So I'm thinking about fucking it all off. Sorry if I'm so swearing. I'm swearing much as like, If it doesn't come in, he said, oh, it, it should have been in. So it's, it's, I said, it's not. And it finally came in like, like half, 11, half 11 on a Saturday morning before before the game. What I'm thinking about there is I'm thinking about the difference between, so you're at, you're at a club like Bolton that's on its arse at the time, yeah? Oh, and you're at a club like Oldham, which is on its arse, but the owners are trying to, keep up appearances of, as if it's not on its ass. Yeah. What's the difference between how you're treated at Bolton when it's struggling? What was it like there in terms of how it was run and the management of it and the the, the staff and the morale and all that kind of stuff yeah, compared to all Bolton, when we weren't getting paid, the manager wasn't getting paid as well and his staff. So it was all, we were, we were like tightening it. The one thing it was, because it, it, well, it wasn't in a pandemic thing, the PFA could come in and get all the lads together and talk about what was going on so I couldn't do that when it was happening to us but yeah just like the manager supported us at, at ball and when, when things weren't going wrong obviously, obviously he didn't get that I mean Dino was alright Dino was good but uh, I mean it wasn't too bad when he was there but Q I didn't, obviously didn't get any support from him Bad decision getting rid of Dino Yeah I think so yeah, yeah. I mean um, I think he was getting in the right players McCann good players that he knew would do a job and I think the season maybe like if he stayed Johnny would have stayed Smith and that, and I think we would. I think we would have had a good season. But even like I talked to the lads this season, 
obviously last season I said if I don't sound big headed again but it was like saying if you were playing we would have had a right good go for the for the playoffs and that I said I said I know I just that's not allowed I mean I love to love to play with you it's crazy isn't it it really is it's madness because I know all, all from not taking a pay cut I mean we which we agreed a 20% pay cut but there's no chance anyone's going to take a 70% pay cut it seems to me and I've been saying this all season about and I've never met more uh, or Abdallah but I think it's in, in the case of Abdallah he's one of those he's a salesman isn't he and he'll tell you whatever this is my opinion you can tell me what you think he'll tell you whatever you think you want to hear oh, yeah. and he'll smile at you and he'll charm you and he'll give it all that and then push comes like you said you went in for a meeting with him he, you said oh well look I've been playing at ball I've not been paid for six months yeah. and he's like oh don't worry don't worry he tells you what you want to hear and then he doesn't follow it up is that is that what he's like oh yeah he's a, I'm a he wasn't so bad, but I thought he was all right. I think everyone says that he's he's the all right one. He, yeah, he done it a few times when we didn't get paid. He'll come in and have a meeting with us and say you'll you'll get it tomorrow or the next day. And sometimes it didn't it didn't happen. But that's if he's the owner. You have to you have to believe him sometimes. So we mentioned when when Carl came on the podcast and 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 what he had to say. I nearly, I nearly flew my car off the road listening to that. I was listening to you when I was driving. Christ, that was a bad idea. Well, thankfully, he's still here to tell us about it. So why don't you tell us about uh, about why <laughs> you nearly crashed your car when you listened to it? What did he say? Um, what about that, that? The one that pissed me off was the most was about that youth team game. And he even like had a story that I'd, I'd said that about me back and it was on 3G. I didn't know it was on 3G. It wasn't on 3G. It was on a pitch. The under-18s at Oldham trained on 3G. So I was trained on 3G for like three months. The under-18 and Celine came over and said, oh, there's a, there's a game tomorrow with the under 18 so I just looked at the physio and says obviously I can't play can I and that and they were like no no chance so I said alright I'll probably be with you then and I was going home I was getting in my car and uh, Salim said um, did you know about this game tomorrow I said yeah I said I won't be able to play will I he said oh I'll ask Mohammed I said oh I'll be playing a full 90 minutes then if, if you're if you asking Mohammed but uh, he said oh I'll get Paul Murray to text you so I've gone to the, uh, the house and hide that I was staying at got a late text off Muzza saying uh you know about you know about this game tomorrow, and I text back said I said yeah I said so am I am I allowed to play in it? He, did, he didn't reply, but he probably just didn't want to get involved. I mean, he's a good lad, Muzza. So I just text back later on. I say I'll take that as a yes that I'm allowed to play, and uh, he said yeah, he just sent me the address. So I got there. All the lads took all the decent sized kits. So there's me and youth team kit again. I've had to swap with one of the lads that took a a bigger bit a bigger shirt. And then I've gone up to the ref and I said, look, I can't wear these shorts, can I? They were like hot pants. He said, no, you can't wear them. Because of the, uh, my, I said, I've got my training shorts in the car, but the same colour as the Blackburn shorts. He said, no, that's fine. He said, you can't wear them. So I'm walking over to the game and one of the staff members says, oh, they're making you warm up, but you you won't be playing. I said, I just said, I knew that anyway. I said, it's a youth team game. I can't play in a youth team game. It was a right back, looked about 13. So I knew all along, so I just did the warm-up and then sat there in a Blackburn watching a youth team game in my kit, which was which was fun. But what does it do to your morale, though? What does it do to your spirit, all this stuff? Because I've actually I've had to exchange a couple of messages with your wife. She messaged me after the, the Carl interview. And it's it's been getting, not just been getting to you, has it? It's been getting to, to, to your wife and oh, yeah, your family. Mum and dad, all of them, it's just, well, they, they know what's going on. I mean, the dog thing, flipping heck, that was, 
Who's mad on it? I just want to point. I just want to point out that when when David's camera came on on Zoom, you were sat with your dog on your lap, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, you weren't recording them. Were I wasn't recording. No. No, I'm a comedy genius and should be ready for it. <laughs> I should have done. I should have done. Uh, well, that's the thing. That that statement came out on a Tuesday. I think the Friday before was the first time I'd met Carl, who was like talking about the payoff and all this. And I mean, he was lovely to my face. I think he said what he said to you. I go out for a beer with you won't be happening but he said Abdallah wants all this amicable so I told him I wanted to play again but amicable and then Tuesday they all this this statement thing comes out so it was a bit it was a bit weird but that's the thing I mean I, I hurt my back lifting the I didn't lift the dog I pulled the dog out of the car and I did hurt my back to be fair I've just seen it and it's quite a big dog isn't it big black Labrador yeah, <laughs> yeah. cracking dog cracking dog <laughs> but uh, the club aren't allowed to say something about an injury without my consent so that was that bothered me as well what else was on it I mean, wait, I'm not being fit all season I was in for pre-season until I got sent with the youth team which we haven't covered yet and then I hurt my back that was October till maybe beginning December when I went with the youth team again till till when I left so but the the one thing he did say was the like the oh no the other thing that mass test thing about the fitness it's like a 1.5 kilometer run that Harry Q wants to do and said you have to get it in a certain time to play to play for Oldham is what I got told I was coming back from injury I'd done it in like 6.27 I got fit a bit more fitter I did it in like 6.13 I think but the club said that it's not good enough so I went with the youth team but I found out off a player this is what I got told a player done it in a lot less time than me a lot slower than he was playing players hadn't done it at all and we're still playing, so obviously it was just another thing to get me in the youth team. I believe it was uh, one of the lone players that you're referring to. I'm not naming any names. No, you don't have to name any names. Yeah, so look, I mean, it was all just, I mean, we're bringing in too many lone players that we can't play. We have seven lone players who are going to play six-inch squad. You know, you're sat there earning whatever you're earning, because I don't know it by this stage, presumably once the season starts. People on Twitter that I wish I was earning. Well, I'm not going to ask you what you're earning, because yeah, that's none of my business. But people were saying that I was earning that all of them. So that was, that was never going to happen. I mean, people think that footballers make a lot of money. League Two footballers don't make yeah. a lot of money. And you cut your cloth accordingly, don't you? You, you, you have to live yeah. when you, on what you earn, and you have to project your, your earnings going forward and all that kind of stuff. So like what we were just saying a little bit before, there's all these stresses that you're under with your with your personal life, with your family. It's horrible, especially having to move. Well, the, the day I moved, I mean, that's when the club was saying, they're putting that statement about the like where you have to tell the drug people where you are. The day I moved my house, I, I give the club my address, so there was absolutely no problem there. But just moving house and obviously moving back, when the movement wanted me to move back to the northwest without the wife and kids, and obviously there on my own and stuff, it was, it was boring. I mean, I go to Aldi for a, for a trip out and stuff. And uh, I was I had, to, I had to get medication off the dock first, help me sleep, and that because I, I could just all I was thinking about was coming on on this podcast and stuff like that, and what other people have said on podcasts about me. So it, it just keep going over in my head, and I, I said, "Doc, I, I can't can't sleep." So obviously, you had to get some some tablets for that. There was a certain irony, wasn't there? There was things coming out from the club about mental health and things mm. like that over the pandemic and, and, and the way that it's affecting everybody. And, yeah. you know, there was more than one person that, that referred to what was going on in your situation. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, that's the thing. I'm not, obviously, I'm not as, as bad as some people with proper mental health problems, but I was, 
I was saying to my missus, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm fine. She said, you're not, you're, you're stressed, you can't sleep. Yeah. But I didn't realise anything was wrong with me till obviously I went to see the doc and he was obviously asking me questions and stuff. And like, yeah. just embarrassing as well. People obviously would stop me, the normally they'd stop me and say, who are you playing for now? And said, well, it was like, I'd have to have a like, conversation with him. I was like, well, I'm, I'm at Oldham. Mm. I'm not allowed to play and all this. It was, it was just embarrassing. Being an Oldham fan's a bit embarrassing at the minute. Like, being a source, this is why we're trying to do what we're trying to do with the podcast. We're trying to call it all out and yeah. draw a line under it. Because I thought, I thought I was getting back in when um, it was a Sunday and I was driving over back to the northwest and I got a text. So let's just say I pulled into the services to read it. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Cheers, Matt. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, from, from Harry Kuehl and he said, can I have a meeting with you in the morning? I said, yeah, no problem. This was about the time when... I think we'd signed, we were about to sign a deal, obviously, with the PFA and the club to sort of pay thing out. So I thought, oh, I'm getting back in here. So I've gone in, gone in with him, and the secretary walked in with him, and I was thinking, well, what's going on here then? This is obviously not a good, a good thing. And he just said, oh, it's making us no surprise to you, but they have decided, or I can't remember if he said the owners or they have decided that you're with the youth team now. I was like, all right. But it was a bit surprising, and he said that they are making it impossible for him to pick me. So I even even said you can go on today, and you'll be with the youth team tomorrow. I said, well, I'm staying over here anyway, so I can I can train today if you want. He said, oh no, they they won't let you now. So I couldn't. I offered my services to train. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let me train. How? Because you know you're smiling about it now and laughing about it now. But how how did you handle that at the time? What? How did you feel? Well, annoyed really. I mean, I wanted to play. That's the best thing about. Being football is the games and that obviously I rang Woodsy when I got that text and the same as in training I said I'll, you you'll be you'll be getting a text soon and he said he rang me back and said yeah I've got it so I'm I'm coming out waiting in my car Woodsy's gone in so I've just texted the lads saying oh lads I'm I'm done with yous uh, and I'll be with the youth team tomorrow and it was just like say unbelievable and stuff like that and so it was yeah just just embarrassing again I mean obviously playing in the top two. Leagues my whole career and then telling lads that I'll be with a League Two youth team. Because you, you did have injuries, didn't you, over over the over that over last season? I, I was only injured October till I think I went with the youth team December first or second. Yeah, so it was like two months. I was injured. I had sciatica. Jesus Christ! If anyone's had sciatica, they'll know. Yeah. Because the what one of the statements that came out was that you just you weren't you weren't fit enough to play. Uh, yeah, that's it. And, yeah, just them two months, and then December until I think March when I left, I was I was fit. And obviously, if you're not allowed to play games, you're not going to get up to match fitness. Are you? I mean, there's only one way to get match fit is playing matches. I mean, even Salim said at the end, I was running with the kids, and he said, "Look at them and look at you. They were all knackered, and I was just obviously finished the running and got and got off." Yeah. Because obviously a massive step up from youth to yeah, all level, isn't it? I mean, how how did the young lads react to having you in and around them? Oh, I think they, oh, they loved it. I mean, I was got there taking free kicks from them. I mean, I follow them all on Instagram. They all follow me, and yeah, they're all right. I I, the thing is, when I was training with them, I didn't care one bit because I'm playing football. It was just mm. when I stood there and I'm like a foot taller than them, than them all, and doing just stuff that I learned in the Middlesbrough Academy. Yeah, only twenty years ago. Mm. Oh. Certainly, you would. Your experience would have been a lot better in that young back four in the first team, wouldn't it? Oh, I, you know, like a young lad like Harry Clark. You know, you next to him, yeah, would have been great. I know. Even a back three, like 
Harry one side, get Pidge running the other side, yeah. stand in the middle and head the balls away. Yeah. Would have been perfect, yeah. But it seems to a lot of us that the, the, the owners of the football club are more prepared to cut off their own nose to spite their face than, than do what needs to be done. Uh, it it would have made a big difference to the fans. It would have made a big difference to the club, to the team. You know, if, if you'd have been made available uh, last season. And, and even, I mean, would you have had a lot more respect for the club if it had just come out and told it as it was? Oh, 100%. Well, that's the thing at the start, like I said to you before, I, I knew that the owners, when, when Kuehl said that and Dino said that the, the owners won't, you won't play for all them again, I was fine with that. Well, I wasn't fine with that. Obviously, I wanted to play, but I knew, I knew the reason all along anyway. But it's, yeah, like I say, it's just when the well, statements and stuff are coming out and saying I'm injured and the thing where they said, uh, I don't say good luck to the lads on Twitter and stuff. If you watch my Instagram or when I had Twitter before, I mean, I've just got it back. There'll be no one who likes the lads' pictures more than me or comments on them more than me. And we had a WhatsApp group. Every game I'd say good luck to them before. But why would I put good luck to all of them when obviously they're not allowing me to play? Imagine if I, if I went on Twitter and said that, oh, the manager's told me I'm not allowed to play. Imagine what that would have caused in the middle of a season. They wanted me to say stuff on Twitter. I could have, but... It's also sloppy, isn't it? It's just yeah. really sloppy. It's just really badly, really badly done, really badly executed. And, and that's the kind of thing that's been winding us all up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really bad for you, uh, you know, at this stage in your career, to spend a whole season where you can't play football. I know. That was the thing that annoyed me, though, because I loved all the lads and all the, well, most of the staff anyway. Well, like them saying that <laughs> I'm not wishing them good luck is like, I'm not, I don't care for them. I mean, I said before that it was weird when they did win because I could I think about the owners, but I love the lads and, and they were brilliant. So that's why I wish them good luck on, on WhatsApp and, and private where you know, even when they had good games, I'll text them privately, yeah. not even in, in the group chat and, and say well done and, and all this. It's shocking. So you're not going to be taken away. I mean, you'll have good memories, I suppose, of oh, your yeah. time at Latics, won't you? But oh, it's yeah. definitely not gone as, as you would have hoped, is it? Yeah. Well, you live and you learn, don't you? But I met some great people, like Dino, the kit man and all that, Stu, the physios that's gone to Black Blackpool now. Just people like that. They're all, all brilliant. Football people. Fo- yeah, people who know football, yeah. Yeah, we could do with a couple of football people oh. in certain positions at our football club, I think. Well, we have the managers don't for it, don't we? F- football people, it's just... Oh. What do you think of... Um, have you worked under sporting directors elsewhere? No. No. Yeah, I just can't get my head. Why a League Two club needs a sporting director? You just need a good manager, good assistant who we can trust, goalkeeping coach, a couple of good scouts. That's all you need. It's not rocket science, is it? Football? No. No. No, I've never worked under any sports scientist. Uh, sports scientist, um, what are they called? Sporting directors. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you never have still, even though you've been at Latics under more, you still never worked under one. I don't know what you used to do for a living, but it were never. It didn't qualify him for that anyway. What about the managers that they brought in? So you worked under Lauren Benid. Yep. I don't know, how long was that for? Oh, he was there two, three months. Uh, right, so you weren't very we were, long. We were playing good football under him. We just kept drawing games, didn't we? Yeah. Like minutes and that, but... And what was he like to work under? Yeah, he was all right. I mean, obviously, he couldn't really understand much, but he, he could speak better English and I could speak better French, so <laughs> he would, he seemed good and he knew his ideas, what he wanted to get across. And we, I, th- I think the... The game he got sacked was Scunthorpe away. It was probably yeah. one of the best games, football games we played. Obviously, just two stupid goals at the end again. Well, then obviously I got a text late that night saying uh, he's 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 been sacked, and obviously I had to tell all the lads. 
And do you think that if he'd been given a bit of time, he, 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 you might have done some, or he might have done some, or yeah, is it too so. too think, is it too short to tell? <laughs> no, I think, well, I think it was it was definitely improving. I think we were getting there. Like like say we were just drawing them games like last moment, last last few minutes and that. But, um, mm. Yeah, I thought it was all right. But then obviously Dino came in. It was a bit up and down, wasn't it? Results and that. But I think we we picked up towards the end when we got let's say a settled team. But yeah, when I, like my first day coming in. Uh, in into uh, Oldham was before the first game. Just some of the players weren't honestly weren't weren't good enough. Could see that from day one. This under Benid, you mean? Yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And, and and did those lads stay around or were they no, would they bend off or any games did this? No, no. This is when we just had all these random names in the squad yeah. that that just. I didn't... think I was like the twentieth signing. Mm. Not like that. Because it's hard to keep track. It's hard to keep track of managers. It's hard to keep track of players. Because a lot of them just, like, they enter the squad, but they don't play. They, they, you know, they just, they just turn up. And, and, and what's it like? What's it like in your position when you've got these lads around you? And I presume you and the lads that are actually, that can play are looking at each other and like, what, I mean, what, what's yeah, it like? Mean, obviously, you can't say anything, can you? But it does get a bit annoying, really, when there's, you can see just a, a pass and they don't, they don't do it. But, uh, it's Lee too, isn't it? You're not, you know, you get the best, best of the best. And I don't know, you just have to keep what you roll with it, don't you? So I, I've got this theory that like, well, it's not really a theory, but I mean, like you said before, League Two, you build a, you build a squad, I think, which is what I think Dean always doing. You build a squad yeah. and a team to get you out of League Two, don't you? Cause we've been, we got bullied last season, didn't we? Off teams yeah. that were just bigger, stronger, better organized players that not necessarily technically the best, but good at what they do. Yeah. And you put them all together and they make a good side. We, our recruitment policy seems to be that we want to get these <laughs> foot, footballers, inverted commas, who, uh, it, it, they've just built the wrong type of, trying to build the wrong type of squad and wrongs. They yeah. seem to think that they know what they want, but it's not what's suitable for League Two. And I, I, I presume that. Uh, try and build like a ticky tacker team. Yeah. Right? And it's just never going to work, is it? No, not in League Two. I mean, you see the teams, big strikers, and it's just what you need. Someone to, someone to elbow you. That's what you need. Yeah. We got bullied quite a bit last season because I was able to watch hot games on iFollow, which I haven't been able to because I've been living in Ireland. But mm. you could see it just just bigger, stronger. We've got these, you know, small... You could see it on a corner. We were getting dwarfed every time the, the bodies were going into the box. That's the thing. I see all these, these crosses coming into the box and teams scoring. It just, just wind me up. Yeah. That's, that's what you. That's where I'd be. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Beckenbauer anymore. Not anymore. I'm not Beckenbauer. <laughs> Been a couple of seasons since you were a Beckenbauer. I got called Beckenbauer once off Matt Letizia. That was yeah. That was. About, is he a wind, a wind up merchant? Is he? I to ask him. <laughs> it was Beckenbauer esque, but that's as probably about as close to Beckenbauer as got. Right. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. I know. Not but, bad. Uh, I'd be yeah. happy if I got called a David Wheater every now and again. <laughs> No, maybe not now. Like, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'd be watching them, and I think that's what that's what I do. That's where I'd be, and wasn't to be, was it? What do you think of Harry Kuehl's philosophy of of and his style of football, and and I and what he was, was trying to do? Well, I thought it was good. I, I think his training was good, but as soon as he said that he's not allowed to pick me, I lost respect for him straight away. So I, but I thought, yeah, I thought his training was good. The lads enjoyed it, and the lads all who were all there seemed to seem to love him. Who played for him? I mean, he left. He left, so obviously he got put in the group chat. Lads were gutted. But yeah, for me, no, I lost, lost my respect for him as soon as... When he said that, I thought of Alex Ferguson. Obviously not putting them two together, but I just thought, would Alex Ferguson let someone else tell him who he can and can't pick? So in that situation, you're expecting the manager to stand his own ground and yeah. stand up for his for his players as well? 
play for you a bit, yeah. But yeah. I just just didn't seem like I got any any support there. And what about Keith Curl now? Do you think he can take the club forward? Yeah, I hope so. I spoke to Nicky before or when he was coming in. Said he's he's a good manager, and he said he'll he'll go for people as well if they if they like not step out loud, like do something wrong, or whatever. He'll he'll go for him. So hopefully, yeah. Obviously, everyone says that managers need to make the decisions, and I hope he, he's he's allowed to. Is there any chance of that? Well, I don't. Do <laughs> you think? Well, no, I don't think. I don't. Well, I mean, what, I mean, what do you think of the new signings that they brought? They, they look like curl signings, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and probably more like the lead two signings that the club need. I think, isn't it? It's a bit of a mixed bag because at the minute, because it's like. Like you were saying before, obviously we want the team to do well, but with what we've been doing, we push the boundary and the boycott and the pressure that we want. Obviously, we want them to sell because we don't think that they actually have a clue about what they're doing. So, what if they let Keith get on with it a little bit and Keith gets a bit of success on the pitch? We think that a lot of fans are just going to go, "Oh, see, it's all right now." Well, it happened with Kuehl, didn't it? When he had that, they had a good spell, didn't they? Yeah, one was was all happy again after a really bad spell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after the start, yeah, it was a stink yeah. one, but um, yeah. yeah, everyone was happy. But then obviously went. Went the other way again. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, for the lads and the manager, I hope they do do well. Um, that's not my personality to hold grudges. Really, it's just went on for too long. And that's that's same that happened with Barry when Barry left. I texted him and I said, I said, I hope you tell what happened with me. I hope you tell the truth. What happened with me? And he said, ring. He said, give me a ring. And I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it because when I met him, he's been all right with me. He's been a good guy, but he was there when. Everything was going on with me, so I just obviously he didn't he might not let it happen, but he was there while it was happening. So I just I couldn't bring myself through him. He didn't mention you when he came on our podcast. Actually, yeah. I don't know if you sat through two and a half hours of Barry. Might not have been allowed at that point. Bit of a grueler. Oh but, uh... yeah, I listened to it all in about seven car trips. <laughs> long one, it? Yeah, it was a long one. Yeah, and that was the edited version. <laughs> yeah. So is is there anything? That you'd want to say to the fans that have that are listening to Latics fans. Oh yeah, no, you go on that hashtag OAFC, don't you? You get hooked on it. No, I just want to say thank you for them for the ones that stuck up for me. I just can't believe like people thought otherwise, like I'd done things wrong and and all this. But yeah, now the fans are all, they're always great for me, and they're probably seeing that I give me all on the pitch. Might not worked out a few games, but I, I, I tried every game. So yeah, they're always good with me. So yeah, just say say thank you to them. Like you said, it started to come together, didn't it? And then the pandemic hit under yeah, Dino, definitely. and it, it it was going in the right direction, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we obviously we, we conceded a lot, a lot of goals in a few games, but it was that Mansfield game we went down to nine men. Obviously, Exeter away was one all, and I got sent off for turning into a goalkeeper. <laughs> so what if they didn't happen? We would have had a much better obviously goal difference and and all that the season before, and it, you could you could tell we were. Coming together, coming together well. We just try to give Johnny the ball and let him try and go score for us. <laughs> we looked, Johnny was the top scorer. I mean, yeah. Desi was second with like six goals and then and me with four goals. So that's why I would have loved to have played this season with Connor get 20, Davis got 11, 12, what have you. Well, this is a frustration where, because what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to build on the season before, aren't you? So getting a bit more solid at the back, you got your manager in, bring in more attacking players. Then you've got so much to work with, haven't you? Yeah, that's one of the things I am gutted about that I just wasn't allowed to play. And I just played in my head, just trying to see if I could improve the team yeah. a little bit. And I would, I would love to, love to play. And I've always wanted to play with Nicky Adams as well, my mate. And he, 
<laughs> so close. I know, yeah. Frustratingly so. He said, he said uh, I'm coming in. I said, oh, you won't be playing with me, mate. <laughs> I might see you about. Oh, it's, such, it, it's, it's a terrible story, really. It really is for, for everyone. What's on your agenda? What's next for you? Um, I'm, I'm not retired. I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever officially say I'm retired because I, I, love, I do love football. But hopefully I can, I can get somewhere maybe a bit closer to home. My heart of just gone up, haven't they? Yeah. Thing is, if I score Boundary Park, I'm going to have to say sorry to the fans for scoring, but then do a proper cracking celebration, Anna, in front of the in front of the stand. To be honest, I mean, I won't be there because we're boycotting Boundary Park. Yeah. But uh, if I were, I'd, I'd I'd cheer your goal, mate. I'll go dance in front of the North Stand. Won't be <laughs> jumping seats. Yeah, there'll be no one there. Yeah, no, no, I'll, it's, get it's, it's, I'll get chucked out for sitting on there. Uh, well, you've been chucked out before, haven't you? So it won't be the first time. I know. Don't worry about it. I don't understand much of what you fans are going through, like the North Stand. I, I don't really understand. I, I just look at the football side, but it, it just seems to be something every day, doesn't it? Like there's there's a lot wrong, mate. There's a lot wrong. Normal for a business to have that many problems. No, everywhere and and so many staff members leaving. I know. Good, good staff members as well. You know, it's a long time, basically since we got relegated from Premier League and then straight down from, you know, it's just all gone to cock. And this is over 20 odd years of mismanagement, really, unfortunately. And it's, there's a lot of clubs struggling like us. It's, it's, it's frustrating, I think, for fans of lower league clubs because to us, our clubs are just as valuable and as, as valid as, <clears throat> excuse me, as all the big clubs and all the money that's swirling around at the top of the game and the lack of money at the bottom of the game. I mean, something he's sorting out, doesn't it? That's the thing. If that is the North Stand, isn't the North Stand, if that was sorted out, fans would be happy. Surely people must look at that and think, this is what the fans want. Give them it. Somehow, give them it. Give us, give us a stand to sit in, generate income through the facilities and maybe we'll have a bit of a chance of... Exactly, yeah. But that's owned by somebody else who's a previous owner, and there's all this. It's messy. It's really it's, messy. Yeah. And then there's all disputes about this, and Barry's got a chip on his shoulder about this, and he's apparently working it. You know, he wants to figure all this out. And it's the thing I was showing on that, that little Wembley, what that Gerard said, is nothing like, it's nothing like Wembley. But I was showing on there, and one of the physio, someone said to me, I was, I was getting, this is your last day, it's getting sold. Or building houses, or drilling, or something on it next mm. week. I'm like what? So how's that happening? So oh, it's is it Blitz or someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it for houses or something. Flipping it. I said, so where are we going then? Are oh, the Astro turf around the car? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What's the perception around the club from in terms of like? Is it a hard? Is it a hard sell getting people to go to Oldham? Or I mean, you said like Nick Adams came there, and but like what you know, obviously you talk to players and people within the game. Do you think we'll struggle to to? I mean, Keith Curls arrived. You know, he's you know he's a, he's an ex England international. Is it difficult to get people to come, or do people just want to play and want to work? I think people. I mean, it's, it's the Oldham. It's not massive club. It's a big name, so I think people are happy to play for Oldham. But I think people who are wise in the game maybe might not. Sign from. I mean, I was. I opened a, a 3G pitch today in Redcar where I live, and one of the fellas said to me, "What? What's the owners like?" Uh, he, he was. At, he was at Whitby Town, this coach, and he said, "What? What are the owners like at Oldham?" Because I've heard a few things. I said, "Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's weird, isn't it? How people get such a name. I mean, I've never never known it before in football. Is it? To- is it? Has it been a totally different experience to any other that you've had? Any- oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Middlesbrough's fantastic the whole way through. Bolton was for like 
seven, eight years till the last couple when them owners came in and flipping Bassini nearly came in. Jeepers creepers. Yeah, it was just, I mean, when, when Natalie was there, I, was, I might have said to you before, it was a decent place. I think everyone was happy. But then people just started leaving and stuff, didn't they? So it's yeah, from your point of view, it changed anyway. Once Natalie yeah, left, Carl came in. Changed. Yeah, with me really, I, I knew I wasn't playing because the owners didn't want me to till till Carl came in. I don't know if it was all these statements were coming from Carl or the owners or what have you. But yeah, it started from when when he came in really. But that's that's not me bitter or anything at him. That's just is his work. Is well, what he was doing for his job, isn't it? I said to him a few times, I said, do you, do you actually know how this all started? And he'd, he'd just say like, oh, it was before my time. Mm. So I couldn't really even explain, but hopefully I've explained to David. <laughs> all came from that furlough thing, because obviously before that I was playing. I think once you take on a position as, as a CEO of any company, what happened before your time is, is relevant to you. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really wash yeah. as an excuse, does it? Especially if, that, if he's trying to talk to me to do stuff. He needs people need to know, don't they? But yeah. Well, I've had I've invited him on the podcast again. I've spoken to Carl a couple of times. He seems like a decent guy from from the interactions that I've had with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only judge him on that, can't I? At the end of the That's day, funny. you know. But um, he's always. I'd, I'd, be happy, I'd be happy to do a joint podcast with any of them. Well, there we go. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> One at that. What is it? The Wrighton Cricket Club. Is that yeah. Right? Another yeah. forum. I'd like to do. I'd like to do live podcast event actually. Something I'd like to do. I'd like to get people in and, and have a good old uh, debate about stuff. Yeah. So if you're up for it, then uh, you're right. I am. There we go. First name on the list. Told you, no, nothing good's come going to come from me lying. So, and, and the thing is, I want to try and get construct constructive stuff. Do yeah. you know what I mean? What can we do to make the football club better? Yeah. How can we avoid things like this happening again? These are the kind of things that, that I want, are interested in. It's all very well as kind of slagging everybody off and arguing. And we've got to try and make a, a better football club for the yeah. future. Well, that's the thing. Obviously, I see the stuff on Twitter, like the, the trust and obviously you push the boundary and all that. I don't, I don't look into it enough to understand it, but I hope everything is a way to get the club sorted, yeah? Yeah, we'll get there, mate. We'll get there. Hopefully. Listen, it's a shame it didn't work out. It's a shame that the three weeks campaign didn't work out. Yeah, that would have been good. Well, it did eventually, but not in the way we oh, wanted. Not in the way. Yeah, we wanted well, you free to run around the pitch. And is that what you wanted? Yeah. yeah. I didn't really understand it because I, I think I don't want to be free. I want to. I want to play. But if, if that's what, yeah, if that's what you meant. Well, either way, we want. Either way, we wanted a resolution to it. Where you either the, be free to play in the team or free to go off and yeah. live your life oh, and I mean, crack on. You know, that's the thing. I could. I could have went somewhere, but why? Why should I have when I wasn't being treated right? I mean, we haven't even covered that. The youth team game, have we? Where I got injured? Tell us about it now. I'm going that. Well, that's that's the thing. It's that they say I got injured in a game. They didn't say that was the youth team. Obviously, when I got sent to the youth team the first time, I think that we played that about three days later. So well, I think we some Sunday league team around. Uh, was it Stockport? Where I get I get there, but me and Woodsy not even starting the game, coming on second half, tiny kit again. I had to change with the one lad that's playing the first half because I honestly like a boob tube. <laughs> but uh, it says weather, weather on the board, not even my name. So it's embarrassing. But yeah, uh, Woodsy's just come to catch a cross. And like the geezer just pushed me into him, you know, when they, put, they do that. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, that wouldn't happen in the first team game. The striker wouldn't push you into the keeper like that and just hit Woodsy's 
hip and I was knocked out. I woke up, I thought I was deaf, but it was all blood in my ear and it all, the blood, the blood popped out and I was like, oh, I can hear again. But yeah, that's the thing to say. I got injured in a, in a, in a friendly, but it was with a youth team. So that's the thing. I, d- I did catch COVID as well, but I was training, but I was back training 10 days. And that was just before Kyo's meeting when I sent, got sent with the youth team and they kept using that. That's the first thing I thought that this is what they're going to use now. But it didn't seem to get out till someone tweeted that he served Harry Kuehl in McDonald's, did it? And he told he told the McDonald's worker that I've got COVID. But yeah, I was back back uh, ten days. Obviously, ten days got negative yeah. back training, and I got sent with the youth team. Then that happened, got injured. Ten days obviously off with the concussion, and then yeah, the big fat Ted over there picked him out of the car, didn't I? I can't keep saying this, but yeah, it's just when all these things started coming out, like that. I mean, he was late. was blaming COVID like months late, wasn't he? I think I did. Yeah. Yeah, but you weren't like. Well, that's Ill. the thing. It was, it was just so weird. I'd obviously trained with the first team all week, and then they went to uh, was it Carlisle? One of the first games at home or away? Yeah, at home. I think. At home, yeah, it was. Well, we played them in. We beat them in the league cup, didn't we? Three 0 Was it? Yeah, it might be that. Early in the season, I wasn't allowed in the squad, so I was at home, and just felt a bit funny. So I got a test on the Sunday, but if I'd probably been in the squad I probably wouldn't have even got a test so it's only because I wasn't in the squad I, I got the test so so you, you you had it but you weren't you weren't ill ill you weren't like oh no I wasn't ill no I had no. one one day I had just felt like headache and tired yeah like yeah, yeah. So, I was fine so it wasn't anything that got so it wasn't it. significant really in that respect then was it no I mean Ben Garrett had it didn't he he was, he was back playing within 10 days 10 11 days mm. so yeah it was just that was just another excuse wasn't it we're just sticking them all on the, the list. Have you seen the timeline that there is on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's cracking, isn't it? It's great. Well, it's not. It's, 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 oh, no, it's not cracking, no, terrible, no, no. but it is really well done, though. It is well done. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. Done. But it's just there. It's just like, add it, add it to the timeline, add it to the timeline, add it to the timeline. That's the thing. It just needs to... Hopefully that just stops for the fans' sake, doesn't it? Yeah, we need it too. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do what we can to try and make things better for the football club. We've had a lot of trusts on the podcast talking about how they've had a positive effect on the club. And you know. who, who would you want on next? Who would your dream guest be? I'd like to talk to Keith Curl. Wouldn't you like Mohammed or? I would. I didn't speak to him all season. I uh, I was at Chapel Road. I was running with the young lads and I was in front of them and Mohammed was just watching us and he must have been fuming that I was like in front of the young lads. And I had to go pick my top up, which was in the goal and he was stood behind the goal and we were just like, five yards away from each other just looking at each other and just a while a bit of a weird moment like yeah it was weird but yeah so like towards the end i'd be training at chapel road that was when it was uh it was cold wasn't it and the pitches were frozen so they'd come to where did the train the 3g i can't remember where it is around the corner so i'd be there if the training ground was frozen the, the first team would go over i'd get sent home if the first team were coming over mm. just didn't want me anywhere near them we were um we were supposed to play and we got told that we were playing 11 v 11 against the first team. So I was buzzing, like, oh, imagine if I have a good game. So yeah, Paul Murray texted me, or sent me the times. I was like, I was like buzzing. And then got a text saying, oh, I've just been, been told to go home. Or oh, been, been told not to turn up. So all right. So that was like, just days off for no, for no reason, really. One day we were there, I was training, it was cold. So the, I was, I think I was with, I was probably doing a test. With the, we had to do the COVID test all the time. So I was sat on the bed getting me test. And one of the lads come in and said, oh, the first team are coming. So I said, the, I said to the physio, actually, I said, oh, well, that'll, make, that'll be me going home then, won't it? The other physio geezer came in and said, oh, you might as well go home. I said, I said, I said is that what you're being told? He said, oh, yeah. 
So that was went home again. But then the first team didn't actually turn up that day. They went, I think they went to train at the the stadium. So I had to ring up Paul Murray and say, "Oh look, I've, I've been told I'm nearly home now. I've been told to go home." I'm just telling you so I don't get in trouble. He said, "Oh no, that's fine." He, he said, "You just got you got my permission to to go home." Just stuff like that. I wasn't even allowed near the first team in the end. Team, you'd have been well up for that, wouldn't you? Obviously, getting stuck in having oh, a proper game. I was actually buzzing. I was I'm yeah. missing, missing my dad. But even the lads, I, I, I said to lads once, though, I said, I doubt I'll be allowed to play. So I said, imagine if I have a good game, Mohammed's there, it won't happen. But I was, I thought I was going to play. I was really excited, but yeah, not allowed. I mean, in fairness, in, in fairness to what Carl said on in our interview, he said that you. He praised you for your attitude and how you conducted yourself over that over that time, which I presume you'll agree with that at least. I don't ever, ever, I never ever get fined for doing anything wrong like that. Never never late. I said I said to Paul Marie first thing when I got something with you, I said, Look, I'm I'm not gonna fuck about with training. So that's not what I'll do. And I didn't. I just got on with it. Any time I mean we were training some mad time, I think we trained like six o'clock one night. I said, Fine, I'll be there. Never done, never done anything wrong to get fined or anything. So yeah, I mean, and I that, that must that must great on you even more when you know that you're doing everything that you can to conduct yourself oh, as a yeah. professional, I mean, and then you're getting treated in a way that yeah. you see as unprofessional. Well, that, well, that run when I just just got back from injury, when they said it wasn't a good enough time, I said, "Well, will I uh, have a chance to do it again?" And they're like, "Yeah, definitely." Never had a chance in like three months. Got me weight right down to to what it normally is when I was back training and stuff and I uh, just never never had a chance to prove anything to anyone really apart from obviously the youth team I had a good night out with the uh, lads at the end of the season got put in a group chat we're having around a night out and I texted back to them I said Paige does that does that count for ex-players as well he said yeah so I had a, a nice night out with them no it just it must have been a bit bittersweet that going out with the lads like that because obviously yeah, you had so- a, enjoyed it but then you were thinking, oh, these are the lads I should have been spending the year I with. I felt a bit lost, to be honest. Nah, not lost, I was just thinking, should I be here? But I wanted mm-hmm. to be here because I'd seen them all year and I knew them all. So, yeah, I was happy, I was happy to be there. But, yeah, it was, a bit, it was a bit weird. You know, we've had some great older pros at our club over the years who have come in at the, the twilight of their, their career and really established themselves. You can see the quality. You can see the leadership on the pitch. Mm. You can see what they bring to to the whole thing, and where do we Peter Clark, who yeah, we should have, should we should have, we should have kept. I'm friends with him, yeah. Just messing him because I got, I got put in. Um, I saw all that furlough stuff. I got put in a, a group chat with all the captains in League Two, which I could, I could have done without. But we're all just saying hello. I said, and I said, all right, lads, it's weeks from Oldham. Can I just ask you if any is a if you, clubs are topping you up? Every single one of them was getting topped up to at least eighty percent, and then we were the ones that weren't. That's a shame. That's after Barry told me that they were the ones that were going to do it right. He's said something along those lines before. We do things right around know. here. He's one of his famous yeah, catchphrases. Barry was all right to me, face to face at least. I don't know what they're all like behind the scenes. Like I was just saying before, experienced players can come into a certain club and they can sit and they can have the last few years at that club, mm. be the captain, and become a bit of you know a bit of a cult or a bit of a club legend. You know what I mean? And and yeah, last year didn't he at Tranmere? Yeah, exactly. Played him like every game, no. and I, you know, we're binning them off because Abdallah's going. Oh, they're too old now. No, they're not too old at all. <laughs> they're exactly what we need. <laughs> Isn't that league? You need, I think you need a mixture. You need, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, you young lads to do the running, and yeah, all the lads to tell but them you, when to run. Yeah, 
exactly pull the strings at the back and and do all that stuff. And it's it's frustrating because we've had a lot of we've had players come in that would have been really good players to keep, and they've and they've gone. And you're you're, you're, you're the most crazy. famous example of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's the thing about football people doing the recruitment and doing the squad building and doing all that and non-footballing people. You've been in football all your life. You know what you need in terms of a blend and a balance and a chemistry and all that. I've never asked to be captain anywhere I've ever been. I always seem to get it. I think it's because I'm I'm not a shout or anything, but I talk to everyone in the club, like staff members, every single player I'll talk to. Everyone likes me, I think, to be honest. Uh, But yeah, that's the thing. People said he's not a Peter Clark like shouter and... I know that, I'm, I know I'm not, but I'd lead in other ways. I think that's why I always get the captaincy. I think Moosh, Moosh had it when I came and he was suspended and I played, so I got it. I think we, we drew an exit in my like my second game back from injury. Then we, we played Cambridge and he'd come back and the armband was on my peg. So I thought Dino, the kitman, was taking the piss out of me. So I've, I put it back on Moosh's peg and like Benny's like, no, no, you're the, you're the captain. But no one told him that he wasn't going to be the captain. So I've pulled him and said, look, I've not asked to be captain or anything. I just hope we're all right. He said, no, that's fine. I said, I know you, you didn't ask for it. So, yeah. But I, I think most people would, you know, do, who you do want is your captain. It's going to be one of the more experienced players, yeah, more yeah. likely. It's going to be a centre midfielder or a centre half, probably. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's the way it tends to go. Yeah. And the same, I was always the captain of my school football team and my uh, under-16s, you know, uh, but I was a shouter and... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. What position? Uh, Centre-half or centre-mid. Could have got a game last season, couldn't you? Probably. I mean, well, maybe not now, but maybe in my peak. <laughs> but no. You see, this is the thing, like, having talent's not enough. I mean, I'm a talented oh, footballer, but, like, it's all down to your attitude and your work rate and your yeah, professionalism. Isn't it? I think when you get down to League Two level, there's a lot of talented footballers down there, isn't there? But they don't have the right yeah. mental attitude you know, and all I that. That's the thing I do try hard in training. I listen, I don't, I don't mess about. As soon as I'm on that pitch, just don't mess about. So and that's why I've obviously played so long. And obviously, like you said about about leading in different ways, being a good example around the football club yeah. on the training pitch and all that. That's you know that's what you're talking about, isn't it? it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd go out sometimes twenty minutes before anyone else, just play footy golf. Me and McCann just kick a ball, and then try and kick it, and try and hit that ball, just because we've got a ball at our feet, and that's where we're happy, and, and oh, we'd always be last ones in as well. So. That's maybe why we both look so well. We should have had a rest, shouldn't we? We went out last minute and first one is it? First one's in. Well, you'll have plenty of time to rest when you when you can't kick a ball. So I say, just keep kicking it while you can, mate. Right, right, mate. Don't know when that'll be though. How old are you now? Just just thirty four in February. Loads easy, of time. Easy few years, yeah. Loads of time, mate. Loads of time. You just need to find yourself a decent club to play at. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you've yeah, left could have, played it, could have played it one last year and you, you've left it, one that could have been decent made it decent oh, yeah. it's, it, it breaks my heart to have to say that about the f- football club that I love you know what I mean oh no I bet, yeah. I bet it does yeah but I have to I also have to be honest and, and say look it's not a decent place to be at the minute and that needs to change so. that's what it is in, in the training ground it is with the staff members and the players you, you don't think of stuff while you're there then you hear everything like on Twitter and all that and it'd be like texting like, what's going on here? It's just mad, isn't it? We just want a club that we can be proud of. We we can accept that Oldham will lose games and that we're going to struggle and, 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 you know, we might not get back up to the heights that we got to. But what we want is we want a club that does things the right way, is in the community, looks after its staff, looks after its players, looks after yeah. its fans, gets its priorities straight. And, and now we don't have that. 
And, and you know, when we want players leaving Oldham to, to at least turn around and say, oh, well, we could have done a bit better on the pitch, whatever, but be happy and have good stories to tell, not for this to happen. But obviously, is it one of the fans died or something and they went past the train ground? Stuff like that's brilliant. Yeah. I'll always remember that. There's just so many other stuff goes on. If yeah. that stopped and the club keeps doing good things, It's it will be a brilliant place to work. I enjoyed, I enjoyed myself the first season I enjoyed it I mean like I say we did get paid later but it always came eventually the staff were all brilliant it's just when things went a bit tits up it went really tits up for you personally obviously well, for, for other people as well for me more but um, <laughs> like I, things that I, happened to people before me they were telling me what was going to happen to me before it did mm. and I was like no chance and everything did and I got told to like write everything down so you just cover your back. When you're getting told that at a place where you work, it's not very good, is it? No, it's not very good. Is there, is there a positive that we can add? Because people are always giving me grief to saying, you, you podcast too negative. And I'm saying, well, I'm just not being negative, just telling it as it is. But is there anything positive that you can give? The good people is a good place. The training ground's decent. Pitch is brilliant. The fans, the fans were brilliant with me. Short, they told us when we, we didn't play well. It's always when we did play well, so it's 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 a good place. It just needs a yeah, a few tweaks, and you never know. It might be in League One next year. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I know. a few tweaks here and there in personnel, and we'll see how we get on. Big experience centre half won't go amiss. I'm a free agent now, aren't I? Sign him up. There's no greater joy than just playing football. It's the simplest thing in the world. It's, before you start getting paid is when it's best. Mm. It's messing about. When you start getting paid and you have to pay start paying bills and all that, it's Aussie turns into a job. You still like you still love it, but you're doing it for a reason, aren't you? But I think people take it for granted that you've just got the best job in the world and that you should be enjoying every second of it and you get paid well and but it's it's like any it's a like you say it's a job, but it's like any job and it, yeah. it's not that simple. That, do they? I mean like no. all the loyalty stuff. I mean, go from McDonald's to Burger King, no one no one would be arsed, would they? Born to Wigan, I would have got battered or Oldham to Berry or Rochdale or whatever. It's crazy. There's a Conor McElhaney's just gone to Salford and a few people are giving him grief. It's like he's got a chance of getting promoted. He's getting oh. better money. He's exactly. got a two year deal. Why would he not go to, to Salford? You might meet my mate Bex. Over at Salford. Oh, yeah, I've seen the pictures of you. You, you tweeted, uh, oh, I was in Instagram. You, you They were playing with him on uh, in the England camp. Training, yeah, that was uh, Arsenal training ground, that was. It was, it was weird, weird meeting him, to be honest. A massive celeb in Egypt. Walked out of the canteen, like, bummed into me. I was like, <gasps> You know what I say? He just said, I am David. And I was like, so am I. <laughs> and what was it like, that experience with, with the England lads? It was mad, but it was, it was a bit boring. It was Capello, wasn't it? And everyone says how much of a, like a prison it was. And it was just, we didn't, you just did nothing. You train and then you'd be in the room all day training with some of them lads. It was unbelievable. I remember Gerard played a passing like keep ball, but where like, like the two end bits are, where you have to pass it and someone has to run onto it in the end zone and he threaded a ball through about six people for someone running I'm sure I don't know how he's seen it but he did it and I just I always remember that one pass but honestly it was unbelievable just, just being around him John Terry's my hero I finally got a fourth Instagram on him but he just missed that penalty against United in the Euro- European Cup final so yeah. he was just like didn't say a word he just he just looked gutted oh no I know well, all the Chelsea lads were, were gutted but yeah and yeah. they're there with United lads and all Oh yeah, they were buzzing. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, no, it was a great feeling. How does it make you perform? Does it take you up to a, another level in yourself? Do you think in yeah, that environment, or does it intimidate you? No, no, I, I, 
never been intimidated. I just get more excited for like big games and stuff. And it was like that every day in training. I'd be like on a team with Lampard or Gerard or Beckham. I was, I was flipping it. I better, I better do well here. Beckham played me a horrendous pass. It was like right up. I can't see it was quite high. I've done this flying leap to control it just to make sure he didn't kick it out or something. And he's like, oh, the weights. And I was, it was just, I was just buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Obviously, from watching him like years, 99, when obviously they won the treble and that goal against Greece, he was like a hero for England, wasn't he? Yeah, of course. Training with him. And how, how good are they, these lads that you tie at Lampard? Because we all know that they're, that they're brilliant, brilliant yeah. players. But when, I mean, when you're seeing them like that and are they, were some of those lads world class then? Oh, yeah. I mean, Rooney was there, Lampard. So I always say Lampard's the best midfielder, the Premier yeah. Gerard's right behind him. Yeah. Just how, how hard to pass, to pass the ball to each other, then it makes you do it as well and it makes you take, take a better touch. So that's like all, all the managers saying, like, wrap it in, but they just do it. For like five yards, they'll smash it in so the other person has to take a good touch and, and he's off. Like, to watch the defenders, like Rio Ferdinand and Terry were there. Ashley Cole in that squad and all, was it? Uh, Ashley Cole, he, he must have been. He must have been there. Because he was amazing, wasn't he, Ashley Cole? Well, Best left back there's been. Unbelievable. Was but I think he was. I can't I can't remember him being there, but he must must have been. But yeah, Ferdinand was there. Terry, Beckham, Gerard, Lampard, Rooney. How, how the hell did we not win anything with, with that squad? Gosh, man, I think we just needed a top class keeper, didn't we? I think James was a bit old at that stage, wasn't he? Paul Ronson wasn't mm. the best. He came in. Gary Neville, Ashley Cole. When Campbell came, Saul Campbell. Because these, these are giants of the Premier League era, aren't they? These are like unbelievable. If Giggs picked England, mm. all sorts, because it was just that you had scores on the left, didn't you? You had like Joe Cole on the left. It just wasn't as balanced as the other side. So Giggs and Ashley Cole on the left, Beckham and Gary Neville on the right. <laughs> Madness, isn't it? Nearly. What could have been, eh? Oh, yeah. Or we, or we needed a, one of them scores, Gerard and Lampard. We just need one of them to hold. He put Lampard and Gerrard in the middle, didn't he? And he just... I mean, what a dilemma, though, eh? Lampard or Gerrard, what do you do? But you, you have to do it. With, when it comes to picking a team, you have to do what's best for the team, don't you? If one of them has to sit on bench, then if it's tournament football... how good they are, that everyone says Scholes is the best. Them two shifted him out to the left wing and he retired to international football because he couldn't get in centre-mid with Lampard and Gerrard. Yeah, it wasn't a bad team, was it? Not bad, no. must have been... Was that one of your highlights of your, of your life and career being in... Oh, in yeah, that's me. I always say... Winning the Youth Cup with Middlesbrough, that's like the first time you're you're playing in stadiums with your mates and stuff and in front of fans. And yeah, that was that was fantastic. But yeah, going away with England. But just honestly, just playing just playing games, it's it's terrific. Any level. Mad little changing rooms in League Two and stuff, it's just it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, because you're like you seem like it doesn't matter where you're playing, you you it's all the same. It's a game of football with your mates and it's yeah. Yeah, it's dodgy when the pitches are boggy and divvy, but you you get on with it, don't you? But yeah, yeah. roll your sleeves up and get on with it. Seeing on Twitter and social, everyone's been saying, "No, no, he's a good guy, Dave. He's a great guy. He's a great professional." I've enjoyed talking to you, and you've you've had some great stories there from your from your career. And I hope that whatever yeah. comes next gives you a really good ending to your career. I hope you enjoy wherever you go next because yeah. that's what I hope. I mean, I hope I see I can get somewhere. Local, northeast way, but if not, it's only a couple of years, and it couple two, three years that we've got to en- enjoy. Do you fancy coaching and managing and stuff after a what? You know, 
I'd, I'd prefer like the media side, like just doing stuff like you, like podcasts. And that. Yeah. I mean, I was doing them drinks with Dave things on my Instagram when I mean, I got nearly got in trouble a bit for that because I think Phil or Craig said something about uh, clowns in football, and I didn't know what they were going on about, so I just laughed. I thought they were talking about me for like messing on, but then yeah. I realised I was like, oh yeah, yeah, and I just moved on. But I texted them both first. I said, don't say anything about Oldham. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried coaching. It's just weird. Some people can do it. I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. I knew what to say, but I just I couldn't get my words out. I think yeah. you'd know by now, wouldn't you, if, if that's what you wanted to do. But then people have said, coaches have said to me, they couldn't take a session for weeks after even the past all the all the levels and that. But I don't know. I just fancy the media side more, like punditry, like them soccer Saturday ones when you go go to Boundary Park and there'll be me in the gantry, <laughs> on the top of the north stand. Yeah, on your own. Yeah, <laughs> no one else is in it. Is there any difference between how rough it is in the Premier League and in League What uh, League Two in terms of the physicality? Oh yeah, I think Premier League's the easiest. I think. I think you've got Premier League, League One, and then two hardest, League Two and Championship. Yeah, but right. Nearly anyone could play in the Premier League and have a decent game because it's just you get so much time on the ball. The crowds are full, so you're buzzing anywhere. At Spurs, you want to play well, but you see who you're playing against, and it's just, there's nothing, honestly, there's nothing like it. I got some cracking shirts in my career. I asked Drogba for one once at Chelsea, and Southgate caught me and he said, What are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just, just getting a shirt. He said, Don't ask them until they ask you. I, I mean, I love memorabilia and collecting stuff. I'm thinking, When? So I've got like Giggsy and stuff like that. I'm thinking, When is Ryan Giggs and Rooney going to ask me for my shirt? So if I listened to him, I'd have had no memorabilia. <laughs> all these shirts now, but yeah, just playing against them top class players is, is unbelievable. I went to um, the Etihad and watched City v Chelsea. Sat right down by the side at pitch, and it's funny you mentioned um, Drogba and Ashley Cole and Lampard and that. And, and because I like watching old and live games most of the time, and I noticed the pace. And the oh, yeah. scale right up close to it. And also, because these lads are the big lads and all. So yeah. that, even though the physicality is different, these lads are, if they wanted to mix it up, they could. But it's it's obviously not, it's a different me- mentality in it, I suppose. Yeah. But the pace of it, I was like, what's it, what is it? When you first get in there, you're just a bit like, whoa. <laughs> my, well, my, my very first debut, league debut, was uh, against Arsenal at Highbury when they're in like the pomp with uh, Henri. Henri was like stood there. He'd stand behind you, Fabregas would get the ball, he'd like turn so he'd be level with you. And Fabregas didn't even look at him, he'd just launch it over the top for him and he'd be gone. But then you got Lung- Lungberg, Perez on the left. I think Vieira had gone by that point, but there was Gilberto Silva was there. I asked Henri for his shirt and he said, Oh, Jimmy's already asked for it, Jimmy Hasselbank. I was thinking, it's my debut here, Jimmy. Let me have his shirt. <laughs> Ended up getting Philip Senderos. <laughs> and get Philip Senderos' shirt. From your point of view, then, like that, when you when you're playing at that level, is it just a case of trying to read player those players of that level? Yeah, I think it makes you play better because you, you there's like absolutely no second that you can switch no. off. Even if you're tired, like go down and have a breather, you you can't. You're like on your toes, looking at them. Where are they? That's the thing. Henry was offside, so you you couldn't do anything. You couldn't keep. Getting the other side because you go back. Yeah, you'd be like looking over your shoulder, and then Fabio get the ball, and oh, he's gone. It's just, it's just mad. But yeah, it keeps you on your toes, and I think it helps. It makes you play better. 
I think some players when they come when they get a bit older then when they start coming down the leagues just like oh, I can't be asked with this this is you know when they've 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 experienced it at that level they just think yeah yeah, yeah I think so I mean not saying that was me I mean but some some players definitely yeah, I think they might think they've played at the top level and what they're doing down down here. And again, I'm not saying that. That's what no, I but I think other players then just say, well, I'd, I've, I've only got so many years left of me and I just want to keep playing and I don't care oh, what. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so you're different type of characters, aren't you, in that yeah, respect? You waste a few more years and, yeah. and that's it. But, yeah, but honestly, no, playing like Old Trafford, fantastic. Not, nothing like it. I mean, I never played at Wembley, though. Did you not? Never. I've been on the bench, bench for England, bench for Bolton, never played there. Yeah, well, you were never going to do with Latics either, mate. That's for sure. I warmed up there and had a shower with David Beckham there, so. <laughs> Win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> it must be a little bit frustrating for you, though, after being being there I and not featuring. I was supposed to be playing in the semi final for Bolton. Owen Coles said uh, I had four yellow cards again before in the league. So he said, don't play in this game so you've, uh, you, can, you don't get suspended for the semi final. So I was like, all right, yeah. But he's superstitious, Owen Coyle. Proper so the team won. I got to pre got my family all down on the on the train to Wembley. They're all there. Got to pre match. He went weeks. I was like, Fuck, no chance. He said, "Oh, I'm going to put you on the bench." And the loss, the loss five nil. Weird feeling. Like like this year, I was gutted that we won't get the final. But do you not get in his ear then and say, "Look, we're losing." Whatever. Can, I, can you not give me a run out? I've never played at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me shouting Capello. <laughs> Come on. Just give us five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. It's five nil. I know. Well, yeah, we played it. Uh, well, we lost five nil. Bolton lost five nil against Stoke. We played them in the league a few weeks later and I played. We won five nil. So, <laughs> hey, no coincidence, is it? Well, no, there's no coincidences in, in football, is there? Obviously. Oh, that's a shame, that. But hey, you can't have it all. You've had some pretty amazing experiences by the sounds of it. Yeah, I've had some. Good times, good stories. Met some good people as well. So, I mean, it's every it's every lad's dream. It's every lad's dream. Yeah, I've seen, seen a tweet the other day, like hundred or so, maybe less than that, out of millions do it. So I've put on Instagram. How many have had a shower with Beckham though? Even less. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you any personal questions about David Be- Beckham's anatomy. I've got a good shower trick, and I, I showed them all. They were buzzing. <laughs> I've just remembered. I've seen that. You better not. I've seen some of you on the, on social media that I wish I hadn't seen. Something to do with you in your pants or something. Anyway. Oh, that one. No, <laughs> that, that was Josh Valor doing that. I'm well, not doing it. He was filming. <laughs> Good song that though, wasn't it? <laughs> I can imagine it's just when you when you're in the when you're in the changing room. Great set of lads. It's all going well. Must be it, it. Must just be must must be brilliant every day oh, yeah, with have the crack. It just the stuff that you can't talk about on podcasts and stuff must be must be oh, yeah, fantastic. You have to be you have to be thick skinned in a football. So. You'll have to write a you'll have to write a book one day. Tell your stories. Right. That'll be good. A lot a lot of people get arrested if I did. <laughs> uh, honestly, some of the stuff you, you you do have to be thick skinned in a changing room. It's yeah, it's mad, but uh, no, you meet you meet people like. Like Gerard, I seen him in a beefer a few years, a couple of years after I trained with him. I mean, Stewie Downham were in this little VIP section in a beefer. Stevie Gerard's walked in with about 20 scousers. So I shouted, Stevie! I went like that. So all these scousers are just moving. I've just done the worm on the floor in the middle of them. And he was just, he was buzzing. <laughs> and then, obviously, I've done the worm for Stevie Gerard. 
In Ibiza. In Ibiza. Living the dream. Before kids that though, so. Oh, uh, yeah, well, everything changes, doesn't it? Well, you've got to make the most of it while you can, haven't you? That's the yeah, thing. And if you can turn around and say, when you're taking your last breath, you made the, the most of it while you could. That's the thing, isn't it? I wish I hadn't signed for Alden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah. You win some, you lose some, don't you? <laughs> yeah. You'll be, be on to bigger and better things next. Hartlepool or Blythe Spartans, something yeah. like that. Hartlepool would be perfect, to be honest. Yeah. If you sign, do I get commissioned if you sign, if it comes out on the podcast? I don't want to say yes in case I do, and I have to give you some money. You don't have to give me money. I need it. No, well, it's all, it's about something else. Just as a talking. That Henri shirt you got. I didn't get it. I got send- you can have me send her. I don't want you to send her us one. Forget it. Never mind. It's been good to talk to you, mate. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, you too, mate. Be able to listen to yourself now in your car, won't you? The Boundary Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me, Matt Dean. Additional research and production assistance is from Andy Halliwell and Stephen Shipman. You can access every episode of the podcast, read regular blog posts, subscribe to our mailing list and support the fantastic work that we do by purchasing official Boundary Park Alert System merchandise by visiting www.oafcpodcast.co.uk. You can contact me directly on Twitter at Dublin OAFC and the podcast is on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. If you'd like to support Push the Boundary, please visit www.pushtheboundary.co.uk for more information. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ producer Starion and for more information visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.